We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, this is Kirk Henderson from Mavs Moneyball. I'm out here at Las Vegas Summer League. I don't have a regular podcast yet on the Mavs Moneyball uh, network, but I hope to have one in the future. While I'm out here, I figured I would grab my uh, my good friend, uh, Cosmos. Uh, Brian, can you uh, introduce yourself to the folks? Hello. So we're <laughs> out here in Las Vegas. We've been watching a lot of uh, you know fairly interesting basketball. Too much. We're we're kind of on we're on day four yeah day four it's a Tuesday morning uh, out here know. in Las Vegas and we're about to start the fifth or I don't know fourth fifth sixth day of summer league and you know we we figured we've got three Mavericks games in the books now they're two and one uh, and we wanted to talk about some of their players you know their their NBA prospects and really why they might not be NBA prospects in some cases and thought you all might want to hear about that so. You know, let's. Uh, we're going to kind of go a player at a time. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, fair amount of, of uh, information available because the Mavericks have played a pretty tight uh, rotation despite having a uh, pretty big roster. So uh, let's, uh, Brian. Who would you like to talk about first? Probably. I mean, Roby. Let's talk. Like yeah, let, let's guy, talk about yeah. Isaiah Roby. He was the forty-fifth uh, pick in the draft uh, a couple weeks Ooh. ago, and Dallas traded back for him from thirty-seventh. He went to the University of Nebraska. I believe he was. Yes. He a four-year player? No, three. Three-year player? Okay. He I was, think. He might have been four. He was, uh, you know, kind of a do-everything player for them because, you know, when you associate uh, basketball, it's not with the University of Nebraska. Uh, he's, you know, 6'8", kind of combo forward. I didn't really know much about him. I was pretty irritated with the pick. But I will say, you know, after three games of him, he's really interesting. I think he described himself as a point forward, and he seems yeah, to yeah. to have all sorts of skills, kind of a jack of many trades, but not really a master of any. Yeah, not anything. He's, I don't know, he's worth that pick, but I, I saw him a few times in Nebraska, and he was never the best player on their team. But he's like, he is very skilled, 
His problem is that he's extremely passive, like Tony Snell levels of just not attacking. And it looks like he's worked on that a little, but also the summer league competition for a guy like that, he's a good athlete with long arms. It's so much worse than NBA competition. Like It's going to be a while before he plays real NBA minutes. See, and that's kind of interesting because you've, you've seen him in a couple of games. I've seen him in all three. And against the Brooklyn Nets uh, the first night, he really took it to, to Jared Allen and to uh, – is it – Correct. Oh, Rodion Skurich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they took it and played pretty well there. It was kind of surprising. You know, Alan, granted, Allen looks like he doesn't want to be here and is a kid in detention, so he might not have been getting Jared Allen's best. Uh, and and it, his level of activity was pretty good. He's really good at putting the ball on the floor. Uh, yeah. But then we saw against uh, the Sacramento Kings yesterday, he absolutely got worked. Uh, he was like one for six from the field and had three rebounds, I think, in 30 minutes, which is you just can't be on the floor that much and yeah. be that useless. Um, he's going to have games like that. Even, yeah. even with the legends, he'll have games where he's like one of five. And that, so, so he's really got to be working on kind of his consistency. I yeah. also think he needs to work on his strength. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really was kind of like looking like a smaller version of Dwight Powell. Granted, much better like like putting the ball on the floor. He has some interesting vision, at least from the post. So I was... I was pretty pleased with what I saw from him overall. You know, we got a, one more game against Croatia tomorrow before the tournament starts, um, and I'm going to be interested to see how he plays against kind of like international guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's that's going to be you know international guys who have been beating people up this right, like seasoned guys. That, <laughs> and, and so yeah, the sort of the physicality is is obviously going to be you know probably the number one thing that he works on along with a three point shot. I really don't know if he's more of a three or a four. I think the yeah, Mavericks... he's six, uh, six assists, seven turnovers, which is fine for for a post guy. Yeah, yeah, it's not it. bad. Five blocks. That's more block. I mean, he's a decent block guy. He would have like his, some of his counting numbers are good, but like some of his advanced stuff was re- like really bad. In what way? Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like his BPM wasn't high. His like percentages are not great like a steal percentage block percentage stuff like that they're just fine is that a product of playing in like the big 10 slog fest but or? i mean nebraska they weren't bad like they have i don't know if isaac clopin's here but they have another guy here who's pretty good james palmer and like they were okay they were they weren't like the worst team in the big 10 they're just they weren't the slowest either they weren't like i mean iowa's not that slow anymore but they weren't like iowa okay they okay. just sort of i don't know I, I he's a guy who's very much a tools guy over like a reactions guy. Okay, so that's so Dallas trades back because they think they can make something yeah, from him. Yeah, okay. and they, they they're pretty good developing. So sure, it's not like it's a lost cause. It's okay. I was not. I was. I've not been pleased when I've seen him take three point attempts. No, he's one of seven. I see, and I'm, I'm <laughs> and surprised he hit one. And the ones that he's missed have been like off and to the left. It's not yeah. like they're hitting parts of the rim and bouncing around. Well, you want to miss forward or backward. You right. want to miss left or right. No, it's pretty rough. Um, all right, so let's move on to from from Roby to probably the most interesting prospect on the team, and in Josh Reeves. Uh, Reeves was an undrafted player. He played at Penn State. Penn State, where also he Big was, Ten. Yeah, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, in three games, I've been really – he's easily the most – like he's the guy who, who your eyes go to. Uh, he's active all over the place. He fouls all the time. Big Ten basketball, baby. Uh, it's a really interesting strategy. I, I was jokingly comparing him to Chris Paul where in the sense that Paul gets away with so many fouls because, you know, the refs aren't going to call everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the NBA, that's not something he's going to be able to do. But if he ends up being a, a Texas Legends player, uh, that's going to be something to to watch just kind of his foul counts. Yeah. Um, he shot the ball a lot better than I would have thought. He's hit five threes. Five threes, and a couple of them, uh, like variations of it, he's had, he's had some catch and shoot, and he's had 
had some pull-ups off the dribble, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I saw the one. Um, he's a really strong rebounder. Yes, or he is. at least he has been on this team. No, he is. Okay, so I think he, he is, is. Yeah, he's, a, he's got great hands. He's a big... He wasn't as good this year. He, he fouled too much this year, and, and they were... Penn State was kind of a disaster, like oh. this last year. But the year before that, I thought he should have come out. Like, his junior year, he was great. Okay. He's one so, of the best, like, steel block rebound assist guys in the country. So even though he was undrafted, you think like, does he stand a pretty good chance of making an NBA roster? I, I would at least two. I would at least two weigh him this year. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what he's on the, what's it Exhibit called? Exhibit 10. Exhibit 10 right now. The Mavericks are going to have to make some choices between Daryl Macon, uh, Costas and, uh, and, and Reeves eventually. But uh, I, I, I've really, I've enjoyed um, how hard he plays. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he, his hands are all over he's the place. He's leading them in defensive rebounds. He, he has really – he tries for steals a lot, which yeah, sometimes yeah. annoys me because he gets burned. But, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather him be uh, too aggressive than not. The Mavericks play a uh, – on, on defense, they've been really uh, hedging and, and trapping on pick and rolls uh, um, and really just, like, blitzing with some of their guys depending on who the ball handler is. And he's got, got really – you know, he seems to have fairly long arms and is all in the, the passing lanes. I think he had, like, a 6'8 wingspan, if I remember. Okay, right. yeah. okay. so he's, that, yeah, like he's looked pretty good. Yeah, no, he's a good player. He's kind of like – he's interesting to watch, but he's not that interesting to talk about in the way that, like, if he shoots, he'll be in the NBA. If he doesn't, he probably won't. It's kind of a weird swing skill for him. Okay, and just because of his size, he's not – you know, he's not quite big enough. Because to he's like, a three. He's a three. He's a three who's six – what, six, six five? Six three and a half, six four, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but, let, you know, you can – if Courtney Lee's not going to play, you can give him some minutes. Okay, so I think now we need to briefly, briefly talk about Costas. Uh, you know, Giannis's brother. He's on a, a two-way contract. I, I've never been good at saying his last name. I know I should by now. Uh, he's on a two-way contract. He looks like uh, Giannis, who has been sent through a fax machine six <laughs> times. Um, he, he has pretty good ball skills in terms of dribbling. He's not nearly aggressive enough and tries to be very, like, finesse once he gets to... to no, he has, like, no coordination. He's, like... He is, like, a fun experiment. Like, what if you took away Giannis's coordination and just, like... <laughs> Whereas like Thanasis, the other the older one is like, what if you took away Giannis's length? Because mm-hmm. he's just like average length, but he's like fairly coordinated. And well, I mean, weird. but like like they're they're weird. They're, it, it's a weird like. And then uh, Alexis, the youngest one, is is like skilled. So it's like really, if you combine the three brothers and then you make them the hardest worker alive, you get Giannis. Okay, so th- this is kind of an experiment, I think, that's run its course. But knowing the Mavericks, they will hold on to him for another year and give him a chance to develop. Uh, he. Really hasn't had a very good summer league overall. He wasn't he's, very good at Dayton, so <laughs> he, I don't, he's he's had kind of one of these. He, he'll show a flash in something every now and again, but it's not enough of a consistent performance to really to really worry about him beyond you know who he's related to. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. 
Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Um, next, let's talk about who I think might be the most interesting player on the roster, uh, Antonius Cleveland. I believe he spent some time with Dallas two years ago, and I feel like he tore up his ankle pretty bad at one he, point. Yeah, he's been around. He was with the Bulls on a 10-day, I think. I think, he was with, I think he was with Cleveland, which was good. He may not have been, but that sounds familiar. With the with this Mavericks uh, summer league team, he's been you know kind of their key slasher. He he really plays hard and attacks the uh, attacks the rim relentlessly, which seems to surprise teams sometimes. Mm-hmm. Against the Kings yesterday, he was getting away with like some NBA Jam like underhanded flip stuff, but I don't think they were expecting him to pull you know from where he was and things like that. He, uh, you know, he's he's six six and two ninety five according to the one ninety five, one ninety five according to the sheet. And Zion, who? And he 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 looks like he ought to be an NBA player. But what is, you know, is he an NBA player or is he, you know, just kind of a guy who's going to be on the back end of ten day rosters for a number of years? I, I guess the latter, but he is like, it's weird that there's a lot of the wing guys like that who've just been kind of hanging out and not really latching on where like Trevor Ariza guys keep getting contracts despite not being very good anymore. And it is, it is strange that there's so much of a need for two way wings. And yet there's a lot of like, I mean, Daniel house on the Rockets just floated around for two and a half years and then was playing minutes for the Rockets in the playoffs. Cause they realized like, you know, he's pretty good. Can hit open shots. That's one thing I've not necessarily seen a lot from. I, I remember seeing him shoot, shoot standstills. Yeah. How many players can't it's it, it's like if you can't, that's a problem. Right. Well, he pref- it seems like he prefers to attack the rim. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a really good look. Uh, I believe it was Cleveland to, against the 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 Kings in the final final minute there, and just you know hit the under like hit the corner of the rim and just almost was nearly a wedgie. Um, I'm just not sure about his outside shot. I, I do. He, he probably doesn't have a a place in the Mavericks, but he prob he's gonna go somewhere. I think he'll at least be a camp be guy. He's been a camp guy the, like last three years. Yeah, which eventually you latch on somewhere. I, I I think that. That's the case. Let, next, let's talk about probably the name uh, most people here are familiar with, and, and Cameron Payne, who against the Kings yesterday shot an absurd seven for eleven from three, including five threes in the final in the final quarter. Uh, it was he was really the only reason the Mavericks were in the game. He's been a pretty good point guard here at summer league uh, in terms of scoring. I, I feel like his assist and turnover ratio is not. Great uh, twelve assists, eight turnovers, eight steals. That's good. Okay, so the steals is not bad. So, so what is what has been his problem since being in the he NBA? He cannot. Um, he can't. He can only shoot like forty percent of the time, and then he cannot deal with physicality at all. Like he's not a physical point guard, and he's not as fast as people thought he was. So he's just kind of stuck. It's the same problem Alfred Alfred Payton has, but Alfred Payton is at least very fast still. Okay. Okay, like so, summer league's like the ideal yeah, sort he's, of setup for him, yeah. where he looks fairly good, but it's because the competition's not. He's in that in between, <clears throat> and he's played a lot of NBA minutes, okay. so like he's more prepared. But it was last year for the Bulls. He had like a, he had another. It was like eight three game, and people were like, "Oh, is he finally turning the corner?" And then he was bad for three so weeks. Just, but the answer to that question was no. He's yeah, not I, he's. I don't really think he's an NBA player, but he came here to. Remind us all of happier times with Russell Westbrook, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Well, he'll, he'll, I mean, he'll, the thing with summer league is like seventy-five percent of these guys are going are here to get offers from like European teams, European, or, okay, or even like PBA or CBA, well, not PBA, but like CBA teams or NBL teams or something like that. Okay, that yeah, that makes or the sense. G, uh, you know, the G League. 
Well, let's talk about one more guy who the, I want to talk about two more guys, actually. One is um, Daryl Macon, who is the other two-way player the Mm -hmm. Mavs have. Uh, Yesterday, in in the last two games, we've really seen the full uh, Daryl Macon experience where in the game against the Rockets, he was unbelievable from three and really was able to get into the paint and attack the basket. Uh, And it was primarily because they didn't have any pressuring guards. Uh, Then against the Kings particularly in the third quarter, we saw the limitations of Macon because he just got blitzed on every mm-hmm. pick and roll. Uh, there were numerous shot clock violations with him as the point guard, which is never a good sign. No. Uh, he he did seven turnovers. And he did not. He didn't deal well with any of the physicality. Uh, it, it just kind of showed why, you know, anytime you have a smaller guard, and really he's 6'3". I know people don't necessarily think that's small when you got a guy like Steph Curry in the league. But the range of outcomes from for these guys who are under 6'5 or so is mm-hmm. really – it starts yeah. to be limiting just because they're, the physicality, the size, the strength. He was – he's he's – the Mavericks should probably move on from him in terms of the two-way contract to see if somebody else is there because he doesn't have a place on their roster. He might have a spot on an NBA team. I'm not really sure. Maybe. The thing with a guy like that is that if you're just a shooter like that, it's, it's not as valuable, valuable as it used to be, like just being a uh, 36% three-point shooter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like There are other guys who can do that now. Yeah, and, and so the, the, it, it closes the market for him. Like, you know, you better be like Wayne Ellington at least or, you know, Troy Daniels or Steph or Seth Curry even. Okay. Those guys are all better shooters than Daryl Macon. He, I saw him play, like, he was a good college player. He's a good basketball player. He just, I don't know if he's an NBA guy. Like, it's just, it's kind of tough. Like, if you're, if, if you're under, like you said, if you're, it's really 6'4 is the cutoff. If you're 6'4 under guard, you better be really, really good at something. Mm-hmm. And he's okay. I'm also not convinced some of these measurements are right. I mean, I'm, I think he's like six two. Yeah. I do. It's it's really crazy what they these guys get away with on their official measurements because they're just, he, yeah. he played one year. I think he played Daniel Gafford's rookie year. He was there and he looked tiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, and that's really something. So the last guy I'm going to touch on is somebody you haven't seen much of, but I have, and he's you know he's one of the one of the three or four uh, Japanese four. players. Four Japanese players. The Pelicans. I forgot his name again. And they are I, Yude Baba is his name, and he's he's a six four guard, and he's obviously not NBA material, but I will say he is extremely skilled. He plays really hard and plays smart. He had a uh, a play against the Nets the the first game where he dove into the first row to get a steal and then was able to come back and uh, flare out to the wing and received a pass and hit an open three. Against the Kings, he finished with a really nifty and one reverse layup. Uh, he, he, there's a lot to be said for guys who play really hard and then play within themselves too. Uh, he's not a really good defender, but you know, obviously, like lateral movement tends to be you know one of the breaking points for almost all NBA players. Yeah, yeah, or non NBA players. Rather. I would definitely like put him on the legends. Do so if if that's what he if wants he wants to. Do. to yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say like I just I, the the talent in in terms of you know it's probably going to be another ten years, but I will say that <laughs> like, the talent from some of these Asian countries is really. It's it's fairly impressive once they actually get you know they need to be playing against better competition. Yeah, the Philippines was in the uh, FIBA under nineteen like for the first time ever mm-hmm. recently, and that sort of stuff's just pretty incredible. With with that many people in these countries, like inevitably they're going to if if they if they have players who focus, they're going to be they're going to be better at basketball in the coming years. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that's about all we have. Before we go, uh, you know, we the, the Mavericks have uh, one more game against Croatia, depending on when you actually get around to listening to this, and then they're going to be in the tournament. I'm going to write on this today, but I feel that the Mavericks are one of these teams out of uh, uh, the various squads here that's actually poised to make a uh, tournament run. Uh, they have a they're they're really in kind of that that ideal opportunity where all their players are going to play. Yeah, and they don't have like a guy who's entrenched in the rotation, so mm-hmm. there's nobody they're really going to sit. Yeah, the Mavericks. That's something gets hurt, right? And so all these guys really, are, if they're still playing for contracts, there's a guy we didn't talk about. I think Shane Whittington, who like plays role. Former, hard. he's in the NBA a little bit, yeah. Right, and so there's just a, it's a series of guys who are just a step below the talent the needed to, to consistently make the NBA, and they they have guards who can hit shots and pass. Uh, and so it's they really might be one of these teams where we're you know where I'm still doing game recaps in six or seven days because they've managed to oh. go on a run. Um, it's it's you know this is the last basketball we get for a while, so everybody ought to enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to have a regular podcast, and if so, I will have Brian uh, on again because if you don't follow him on uh, Twitter, Cosmis C O M or C O S M I S, he's got brilliant draft takes. Um, he's got a Patreon, which I recommend subscribing to. And, uh, you know, you, if you don't already follow me on Twitter, you probably shouldn't, uh, it's Kirk's serious <laughs> face. Uh, but, uh, don't thank you it. for, uh, for coming out, uh, to summer league with me, Brian, and, uh, doing this podcast today. You're welcome. All right, everybody have a good day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.